Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Today we hear from Nancy Trigg, the Chief People Officer at Arrived. You know Arrived as a point-of-sale technology company, and as Nancy calls it, they are point-of-service. So we dig into lots of guidance and advice on how you can choose the best POS system for your taproom. We talk about Nancy's favorite key metrics, critical numbers, the favorite numbers to track, and what she thinks are most important. We also dig into the six essential reports that you must be running from your brewery POS system. So for now, please enjoy this conversation with Nancy from Arrived. Hey, Nancy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here with you, Carrie. It's nice to have you here with me. So why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself and about your company, Arrived Point of Sale? You bet. Um, well, Arrived is a point of sale system. You're right there. Um, although we prefer the term point of service because we really think point of sale should be focused on the service experience, but, but more on that later. Um, but we were built specifically for the craft beverage industry. Um, what makes us a little different than a typical tech company is that we actually consider ourselves partners with our customers um, and share in the goal of making each business we support grow and thrive, not just operate. So we will be as involved as folks want us to be in getting them up and running um, in offering them support um, as they grow. And um, we really strive to, to be those true partners, not just a tech company. Mm, I like that point of service. That sounds... That actually sounds a lot better than point of sale, doesn't it? it? It really does. Yeah, it has the same awful acronym, but it's still <laughs> a much better term. Fair enough. So I think most people do know what a point of sale system is or a point of service system. But could you give us maybe the basics for those who are either just investigating, you know, what the what the software is, you know, what it, what is it, and what does it do, and and why do why do people need it? You bet. Um, so point of sale is the technology that sits essentially in the center of the on-premise experience. Um, in its most basic form, it's the system for taking orders and accepting payments. Um, but as I mentioned, that really isn't enough in our opinion. Um, it should be the system that actually provides the business owners flexibility, right? Flexibility to innovate. Um, having support from your point of sale system is really important because you want to be able to take risks in your business and not worry that things are going to blow up. So having that really good support and on the back end, it should provide you with the insights you need to actually make really good business decisions um, that help you create better experiences, drive more revenue and things like that. All of that while being easy to use for your staff um, so that training doesn't become a burden. So uh, yeah, that's what it is. Good. Awesome. So there's a number of tap rooms in planning, breweries in planning, and they're juggling, juggling like a lot of things that they need to do, a big to-do list. Uh, there's lots of steps, as we know, in opening up a business. But one item on the list is choosing the right uh, POS. And I was just curious from your perspective, you know, what guidance or advice would you have for people that are in this position where they're, they're sort of researching? How, how should they go about choosing 
the right system, what should they be looking for? Um, you bet. I actually think this is a super important question um, because there's a lot of you know, consultants, sales folks, whatever out in the market that are giving all kinds of advice. Um, so I'm going to add you mine, but um, I want to kind of first start by saying that some folks would say that all that matters is like the cost of credit card processing, for example, example, or you have to have this one feature. Um, but honestly, if, if the system that you use is going to help you sell a few more beers, one more meal, um, that'll make up the difference between the processing cost differences you see between most systems. So just a caution not to get too hung up there. Um, the ROI of the system is what really matters. And that's going to come in by having a system that doesn't slow you down and actually makes it faster to provide the service you want. Um, but where I actually think people should start when they're investigating a point of sale is going all the way back to what is What's the intention? Like, what is the experience I want to provide um, to my guests? And then go into all the meetings with the point of sale providers with that in mind. So you can ask questions about the service model that you want to provide and the experience that you want your guests to have. Um, and just to give an example there, like some systems will say they're mobile, right? And they are, but they don't actually support mobile guests. They support mobile servers. So if you want your guests to be up and moving around, make sure that the system can support that and that the POS you're talking to can actually talk to that and how that's gonna work. Um, another example, some systems are made for retail, which is fine if all you're gonna do is counter service using that retail system. But as soon as you start trying to do things like host events, keep tabs open so that again, people can move around um, or maybe even provide table service um, for certain types of events or certain days of the week, whatever, then a retail system isn't gonna fit. So starting with that service model is really critical. Um, the two other um, things that I just think are key things to point out is one, knowing what data you, you are gonna need to make smart decisions. We'll talk about that um, hopefully at some point today, but and making sure that the point of sale that you're gonna use provides you that data. Um, and you'd be surprised that, I mean, a lot of them do and a lot of them don't. So making sure that you're going to get the kind of detailed information that you need is super important. Um, and then lastly, make sure the service is actually real. Um, you know, call customers, make sure that there are people you know that will say, hey, when I need help, they help me. Um, the one thing you don't want to get into is a long-term contract with someone who doesn't even help you when things are broken. Um, that can really slow down your business and impact your bottom line. Mm -hmm. Is that enough? I have a lot of opinions on that one, Gary. That's good. Well, we like opinions. Um, I'm going to double back on a couple of things you said. First was, you know, what really matters is the ROI of the system. So mm -hmm. re ROI, return on investment. You know, how should people, I mean, obviously you've got two components of ROI, right? What does it cost? And then what sort of return am I getting on that, that cost or that investment? Um, so how do people, how do you, maybe just some examples of what that return would look like? How does what sort of value add do you see, um, you know, your system providing folks? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it comes down to can I can I get more of my product in my guest hands quickly, mm -hmm. right? I'm I'm a real big proponent for sort of testing things and then looking at data to see if they work. So, for example, what is my average tab size? Right, that's a number that I think everybody should be looking at all the time. Is what is my average tab size? Well, if I do something like try to have a runner one day a week. And then I look and see, does my average tab size go up if I have that runner? Well, what did that staff member cost me? Um, 
and does it pay for itself? Those are the sorts of, when I talk about ROI, I'm not just talking about ROI of the technology, I'm talking about the ROI of your entire business. So can I make smart decisions? Am I given the tools I need to do that? Am I given the flexibility I need to experiment with service on a regular basis so that you can kind of keep up leveling that experience in your chat room? Um, so it's, it's about more than just what did I pay for the technology and what am I making? It's about really understanding that you can build your business using this system in a way that's smart and thoughtful. Did, did that answer not feel it, too much? Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> another point that you had made was, you know, as you're sort of thinking about what kind of system that you want, that you want to start with what kind of experience you want to provide. Yeah. Um, and you had mentioned as one example, you know, what kind of service model. Um, so I'll kind of relay back what I heard and then maybe you can tell me if there's other examples of what folks should be thinking about in this regard. But, you know, one, one service model would be, are you going to have table service or not? Right. So people come in, they're either going to go up to the bar and, or you're going to, you know, have people that are circulating and, and uh, you know, can, can reorder there. Is that, are there other service model examples that people should be thinking about so that they can ensure that the system is going to adequately handle that? Yeah, you bet. I mean, there's so much actually here. Um, you know, one thing to think about is, do I want to be minimally staffed for order taking? Do I want, you know, extra staff so that my staff is educating the guests, spending times with the guests, building that experience into being in our tap room, not just, you know, transacting and moving moving money, um, that's sort of a thought process that needs to go in here, right? And where that might come into play is, do I have, even if it's going to be counter service, do I have one order station or two? Do I have one place where people are ordering and another they're picking up so that they're not stuck in lines? Um, is line busting a big priority for me? Or am I comfortable if people have to wait a little while to get product? Um, do I want to sell to go? How am I going to sell to go? Am I going to sell it self-serve? Do I want my employees promoting those to-go products. Um, all of that is sort of part of what goes into those service model discussions. Um, do I want people that are outside to have to come in to order or do I wanna set up a way for them to order outside? Whether that's QR code ordering or a window or a server, um, these are all things that you wanna be thinking about as you're creating that space and creating that experience. It's, it's not just about table service or not, it's, it's way more than that. Mm. Um, and a good way for someone to really get insight into that is to go visit a bunch of tap rooms and, and really pay attention to what's different. What's different about each one? How am I experiencing this differently and why? And what are those elements that I wanna bring into my own space? Good, thank you for elaborating on that. So that so that's kind of, that, that information I think would be useful for tap rooms and planning that are investigating and also breweries that are already open, but are, for those breweries who may be listening to this that aren't thrilled with their current system, mm -hmm. um, what guidance would you have for them to explore other options? Are there specific questions you would recommend or things that they should look into? You bet. Um, I mean, the first thing to start with is what's blocking you, right? What are the things that you want to be able to do that is really frustrating for your team? Um, if you're a, a existing space talk to your staff, like really dig in there and say, what are the things that are taking too long to get done? 
What are the things that are preventing you from being able to provide the service that you want? People go into the service industry because they care about creating quality service. Guarantee they're going to have opinions. So start there is just sort of learning from your team. But then I would really start again, digging into like, where are those limits within our current system? Like, where is that technology actually a blocker versus an aid? Um, I mentioned this before, but if when if your system's going down, um, first of all, it shouldn't be going down a lot. That's just not something that should be happening. So start there. If it is going down, if things happen, because things will happen, there may be issues from time to time. Can I get the help I need? So that's a really good thing to do as well. I do recommend talking to other people with businesses like yours and asking them, you know, what are you using? What's working for you? What have you found matters with the point of sale system? Because there's, it really, I, I'm not dodging the question, but there's, it's not a one size fits all. Um, and again, that's why you want a system that's gonna be flexible because how you wanna operate is where this should all begin. It really is. I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, really start with what, you know, the obvious is what, you know, what is it that you dislike about your current system? But I like the way you frame that, you know, what's blocking you, what's sort of getting in the way of, you know, you executing uh, the way that you want to, so. Correct, because just because a system's not working for you doesn't make it bad, but it makes it not a fit for you. And you're the one who needs to understand what would be so that when you can go into those discussions, you're asking the right questions about those blockers. So these systems have tons of features, right? I think it, it seems in my experience, most software that people, you know, they get it, there's a, say a thousand things that thing can do. And, you know, we end up using like 20 of them. Um, so what features, so as we, is that kind of as a backdrop, you know, given that there's so many features in the system, what are the ones that you think are most important generally um, with Arrived? Um, I, I, I keep saying this, so I'm, it's going to sound redundant, but it's, to me, the key, key features is flexibility. And, and what I mean by that is really being able to allow your guests to do what they want. So the way I think, I, I alluded to this earlier, but um, a lot of systems are mobile, but they're mobile for servers only. And as soon as your guests start getting up and moving around and going from one table to a next or going inside and outside, the systems start to break down because they don't have, they haven't built into the program a way to facilitate that movement. So you want to be able to you know, keep a tab open, but also change the location on that tab with regularity. So that as people are changing, I mean, the one thing that I personally don't like when I walk into an establishment is when I sit in one location, when I get up to close or move, they ask me to close out my tab or they have to transfer and then they're not sure who owns it. Um, and our system was built for the ground up with that flexibility in mind. Um, and I think that's a real key component for most of our customers is that they don't want their guests to have to stay in one place or have their experience broken up with each move that they make. Yeah, love it. That's great. So if you think about, I mean, this software is, is evolving um, and new things are being added. Are there any new features that you guys have added that you're particularly excited about or that you want to uh, bring up for folks today? You know, there is there is one. And when I first answer this, it won't sound exciting because a lot of people are doing it, but it's QR code ordering. Um, but why I think it's exciting is the way we've done it, not what we did. Like there's a lot of systems where you can scan a QR code and order now. But what we did was fully build that into the point of sale. 
And what that means is if you start a tab with a QR code and then you wanna go order from a server, it's all integrated, it's one tab. So you're not locking yourselves in. And what we see a lot of our customers doing with this tool is not going all in, right? Like not, not everyone is ready for QR code ordering, guest-wise. A lot of your guests are not gonna be ready. And so what's, we've got some customers who what they do is they only allow QR code ordering at their outside tables, for example, where they might not get to the guests as quickly. Um, but then when that guest moves in and there's a server, they can still access that same tab. So they're not having to create a new tab when they move inside. Um, or somebody who has food might just allow QR code ordering for desserts and drinks, right? Start your tab with the server, but you wanna add to it. You wanna add a new drink and not have to wait on the server or pay when you're ready to leave. Um, the system's fully integrated to kind of create that. Um, and that goes back to what I had originally said about letting your guests sort of drive that experience and creating that flexibility within your offering. So I think the way we did it was pretty smart and, and really cool. Sounds very cool. Um, so speaking of cool, let us talk now about key metrics, critical numbers. <laughs> you know, right? data. Yeah. Let's dig in. So these are obviously very useful in monitoring any kind of business performance, taproom performance. So I'm curious what your favorite numbers are to track. What do you think are most important here? Oh my goodness, there's so many. Um, <laughs> um, labor versus sales is a big one. Um, just when it comes to business health, like knowing what that balance is. Um, I've heard a few talks in industry where folks say you should target X as your label versus sales number. And I actually don't agree with that. I don't think there is an absolute. The point of looking at these numbers is to know how you're trending, right? Is our percentage of labor versus sales going up or down based on the things that we're doing so that you're, again, making those smart decisions? Um, I also think top sellers by volume is really important. Um, I didn't say top revenue on purpose, because there is a difference. Um, the top sellers by volume really helps you understand what do your customers like? What are they drinking? What are they drinking in what sizes? What size pours are um, getting out the door um, the fastest? Um, similarly, sell seller by volume when it comes to how long are different kegs lasting in the tap room or different products, different food products lasting in the kitchen because what that does is help you make good buying decisions. It helps you make good production decisions. Um, and it actually helps all of your staff manage, not just in the front of house, but across your entire business. So those are probably my favorites, but gosh, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I love, I love yeah. Those are good ones. So kind of a, a related question, um, you know, speaking of data, cause you know, we talk about key numbers. You could, you could track so many things and data we have so much access to information, but sometimes it can just be overwhelming because there's so much of it. It's hard to know what to focus on. Um, and on your website, on the Arrive site, there was a blog titled Six Essential Reports from Your Brewery POS System. So I thought this might be useful uh, if you wouldn't mind maybe running through what those reports are um, and why they were chosen. Um, okay, that's a pop quiz because I actually don't recall that blog, but I did do a similar talk. So okay. I can talk about what I went over there. Let's do it. Uh, and then if I missed anything, you can call me on that. But um, one, of the, one of the big ones, obviously, I already alluded to is your product info, right? That's an obvious one to me, but not always obvious to everyone. What's selling at what sizes, including average price by ounce. Um, one way that a lot of 
not everyone wants to change their pint price regularly and do tests of test price testing, things like that, although you should occasionally do some price testing. But one way that you can do test test price price testing, sorry, that's like a trick word, yeah. um, is to change, is to offer more sizes. So create smaller pours that actually are at a higher dollar per ounce and then see what happens. Um, because if you can get that price per ounce count up just by offering customers what they want, which is smaller pours, um, why not do it? So it's kind of doing that sort of testing, but then don't just make changes and not look at the data, make changes, look at the data. And then if it's not effective, stop doing it. And if it is effective, do it some more. So that's one. Um, another thing I think is really important is to do things like tracking your um, on-premise sales separately from your to-go sales. Mm -hmm. So that you can start incenting employee behavior. Hey, how about we try asking everyone when they check out if they'd like to go? Or how about we try moving our to-go products by the front door or let's try this and then actually look at how that impacts your business and what's happening to those to-go products um so sort of breaking your revenue out by certain categories that you can then zoom in on, on test um, the effectiveness of so that's another um sales by order time is really important this is actually a number that a lot of systems don't give you which is um kind of a strange one but what a lot of folks, what a lot of systems will give you is the time that the guests paid. And that just tells you what time they paid. And so that'll make it look like you were most busy right before you closed, when everyone was closing out. Having a system that allows you to look at the sales by order time, so when did they order, is really key to actually helping you manage, one, your staffing. So when are we actually busiest? What hour of the day so that you can manage your staffing? If you're selling food, this is super critical because it's going to help with your prep, right? Like how many meals are we likely to sell between 11 and one versus one and three? And what are those meals going to be? And what does that look like? So it really helps manage kitchens and manages prep. Um, and it also really helps with staffing. Um, another one that I really like is employee performance. So digging into the data and seeing who's best at what and why, right? Who's best at selling to go? Who's best at promoting merchandise? Who's best at selling the daily specials if you have food? All of that stuff, because if you know that, if you're looking at the individual's performance and you know who your best performers are in different areas, you can really maximize the, the um, benefits of your staffing because you can then get those strong performers to help others with best practices and up level across your team. But you're not going to know that if you're only looking at sort of like high level, what hours did we sell the most, like really digging into the who and the what is super important. Um, and then I mentioned this one earlier, I think this is probably the last one, but um, your average tab size. Um, this is just a really good metric overall to be assessing how how you're doing in terms of creating an experience for your guests and how you're doing in terms of getting product to them at the speed that they want it. Um, this is where you really can impact your business a lot is by, if you did something that just got your tab, average type size up by a dollar, that's significant. You know, if you're seeing, you know, a couple hundred people a week, that's going to make a difference on your bottom line. So um, really digging into that tab size and then looking at it regularly as you make changes um, is a big a big favorite of mine. Nancy, you passed the pop quiz with flying colors. I'm very sure. proud of you. <laughs> you got them all correct. 
Yay. And I think you might even got extra credit. So very nice. Very well done. Awesome. So I'll put a link to that blog post if people want to um, kind of go through that and reread those. But I think it's always helpful to, because again, there's so much information to kind of say, look, this might be, this might be like an off the shelf suggestion. Here's six reports, you know, that you might want to start with. And I think all those touch a lot of key points. So I think it's yeah. a good starting point. So let's let's talk about customer loyalty. So, you know, there's so much competition out there, so many choices. And, you know, one of the challenges is once people become aware of your, of your tap room and they come in and they like it, it's to get them to come back, mm-hmm. just given how many choices there are. So how do you think about customer loyalty, customer loyalty programs, and how does um, Arrived help with this? You bet. Um, gosh, there's a, there's a number I can answer this. I'll, I'll start with um, keep it simple, first of all. Um, don't over-engineer a loyalty program because if it ends up being really hard for your staff to manage, they're not going to push it. They're not going to promote it um, because it's a pain for them and they're trying to get their jobs done. So keep it simple, keep it simple to administer, keep it simple to to support, keep it simple to communicate the value of to your customers so that they get the point. Um, I also, I have kind of a passion here around loyalty. Um, It's real easy to give away free beer and I'm not saying don't do that. You absolutely can give away free beer. You can have people, you know, earn points and then get a free beer. Um, But I like to think about like real engagement and what gets people excited. Um, particularly if you're a, you know, a popular tap room or a neighborhood tap room, or you have a lot of regulars, um, doing things that make those folks feel special is where I really see the value of loyalty. Mm-hmm. What that means is do things like create certain swag items. So like a really cool jacket, like a members only jacket or a sweatshirt or a hoodie or something that you can't buy with money right? You can only buy by accruing points. So it becomes kind of a status thing. Like, you know, I'm one of the regulars, I'm one of the cool kids, however you want to think of it. I really like those sorts of of ways of using loyalty instead of just buy 10, get one free. Because I think that gets lost a little bit because so many people do things like that now that it it stopped feeling like a reward necessarily. So Mm -hmm. I like these other ideas. I also like doing things like offering, um, a pre-purchase of an event. So if you have an event that sells out every year, um, folks who are members of your loyalty program can purchase early. Um, same with beer releases. They get to come an hour before for a beer release if they've earned a certain amount of points or done a certain amount of purchasing or whatever. Um, so I just really like to encourage people to think beyond um, free beer. There's even states where that's not even legal. You can't even give away free beer. So you have to be more creative. But these are ways to really think about that loyalty program is what's going to get my guests excited and make them feel like they're part of something, not just getting free stuff. Mm. Yeah, those are great points. So if we think about sort of the future of these systems, I mean, they've obviously, you know, we started with a cash register, you know, back in the day, and now we've got these amazing software systems that can track just all this stuff. But, you know, if you guys are looking into the future, what do you think it holds for innovation in in the uh, in the POS space. What are you guys working on, or thinking about, or simply find interesting that we might see come down the pike in the next few years or so? You know, I think um, more and more. I don't know what the right word would be, but um, maybe like guest engagement. 
So because you're now using a technology system that's actually recording data, um, giving you more information and insights into your business, um, there's a sort of that next step you could go to about how to even better engage with your guests. Um, we at Arrived are big proponents of, of data privacy, so we don't promote collecting information without consumer consent, but a lot of consumers want to consent. They want to give you more information. They want to tell you their favorite products. They want you to then respond to that with real targeted communication when a new IPA is released or a new logger, whatever their preferences are. So I think that there's a lot we can do there with really, not sure what that was, sorry, um, with really bringing the, the guest's identity into that experience and knowing your consumers and your members more. And I think that the sort of new tech forward point of sales are gonna head there fairly quickly. Um, I also think, um, I don't know if, if um, your guests are all aware, but we did recently acquire Craft Peak, which was a e-commerce um, business specifically for e-commerce and website specifically for the craft beverage industry. Um, and we brought them into the folds because we believe that the, the world is really kind of headed towards this omni-channel experience where you have an experience that's both online and on-premise and those two things shouldn't be completely different. Um, you even see them starting to mingle with things like QR code ordering and ordering and pay apps like online and on-premise are becoming a similar thing. So I think we're going to see more and more merging of those two ways of, of purchasing to give guests again more flexibility and more control. All with the purpose of increasing sales and profitability, right, for their business and the guest experience, of course. Correct. I mean, we're, we believe that the, the intention of the industries that we support is building community. Um, and the more you know about the people that are in your space, the more you know about what drives them and what they're interested in, not only are you going to be successful financially, but you're going to be successful at building that community that your, your people, your area, your whatever desire, you're going to be better at that, better at giving them more of what they want um, so that they keep coming back. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a pretty basic formula, isn't it? You know, listen to what the customer wants and give it to them. And the better you can figure that out and deliver upon it, you know, everything else is going to take care of itself in time. And it's, it's great to have these systems that can, you know, help folks, you know, identify what's important, um, you know, and then deliver it in a way where, where it's the customer is ultimately going to, going to benefit from that. Absolutely. So Nancy, this has been great. Awesome stuff. I really appreciate your time. If, if folks want to get in touch with you or learn more about Arrived, what's the best way for them to do that? You bet. They could um, visit our website, which is arrived.com. Um, that's A-R-R-Y-V-E-D.com, um, or they can email sales at arrived.com um, to reach me. I'm just Nancy at arrived.com. So we're easy to reach around here, reach out at any time. Um, our phone number is on our website too. Feel free to use that. Awesome. We'll yeah, link all that for folks. If they want to check it out, do a demo, learn more about you. But uh, Nancy, thanks again. Lots of great tips here. And I think uh, a lot of great takeaways for people today. Great. It was a pleasure as always, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.